Yo, 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 what's good, Addicts Gang? Welcome back to the Joel and Frank show, as per usual. Um, just want to shout out Charlene for being a late out, Andrew for not replying in the chat, and um, we're going to have a special guest, Dylan, but he's uh, also been a late out, woke up too early, apparently um, 10 a.m.'s just a bit early for him, so you know, fair enough to him. Um, Joel, how are you? Um, yeah, good. Um, good shout outs across the board. Um, yeah, 10 o'clock a bit early for some people. Um, you know, good to be some, I guess. Um, yeah, and Charlene being laid out probably doesn't really surprise anyone. Um, uh, before we get started, we are going to do a mock draft today. Um, well, I actually wanted to give my own shout out. Um, friend of the show, um, friend of mine, Blake McDougall, had a fall yesterday at Geelong. Um, yeah. Really hope he's feeling um, better. Um, I love you and I miss you. So, um, yeah, hope he's doing well. Um, yeah, just thought I'd sneak that in there, Frank. That, that is awfully nice of you, Joel. And like you said, we are doing a mock draft today. Um, rookie mock draft, just to be clear. Um, it is that time of year in the fantasy community. Um, we're not going to be doing any startup mock draft just yet. We'll save that as the season approaches a bit more. Um, but I think everyone's really keen for the NFL draft. So, I think uh, the rookie mock draft is going to be really good to see where we've currently got these players ranked. Um, obviously, landing spots mean a whole lot in the NFL. So these are obviously going to change just a bit, but this is how we're viewing these prospects. Before we do get started, do want to shout out the socials. Make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts and on the Twitters at the FB Addicts. I'm getting really good at this, Joel. Um, just want to point that out. Um, so who wants the 101, Joel? I mean, you've got the 101 in our league. Shouldn't, should it make sense yeah. if you have the 101 here? Um, not really. You can have the privilege of having the 101. It's a glorious thing, um, especially when your team is not actually bad. Um, so, yeah, uh, just apologize too. I am sitting um, recording from outside today, Frank, you know. So if the birds are a bit loud, um, yeah, I, I can't help that. It's nice. But, um, I yeah. think the ambience is good. It brings another another layer to the podcast. Nice and peaceful. It does. Don't wanna, don't you stressed out listening to the pod. Just sit back, relax, and just get some information into your brain. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, you have the 101, and we'll just um, pick alternatively, just based off a 12-team, standard Superflex League, non-tight end premium. Um, yeah, yeah. The common man's league, Frank. Exactly. The common man. This is like the... The great leagues. I think, um, I don't know, some dynasty leagues do it wrong and they have like a, you know, a 12 man, like start eight single quarterback league and the only players that matter are like the best players going around. It's kind of good when you get some like lesser name, like wide receiver twos and threes that are actually important, you know. You want guys um, at the back end of the first round here, most likely at the wide receiver position. You want them to be relevant. You don't want those picks to just be worthless. So, I think it's a, a good setting, you know. Expand your leagues. Get them to start 12. Like, make it difficult. Um, we yeah. will start with the 101. Um, if you've been listening to the pod um, and following us on the socials, you know who we're going with um, at this first pick. Like Joel said, if you've got a team that's ready to compete and you can add a piece like running back B. John Robinson, you got to do it. Um, to be honest, doesn't matter where he lands. Wherever he lands, he's going to be the lead back. Um, he immediately goes ahead of pretty much anyone in the NFL, um, you know, aside from a couple landing spots, but we know he's not going to get drafted there. I think we could pre- be pretty confident. So Bijan Robinson at the running back position, 101, cannot go wrong. Um, you know, on that Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott level of college prospect, um, if not better, to be honest, he could be one of the best prospects we've seen, um, at least since I've been watching NFL. Joel, would you agree with that? Um, yeah, from, you know, the last... Oh, three three years probably. He's would be the best running back um, prospect to come out. He's going to get drafted in the first round. Um, not many backs do these days. Um, yeah, it's a dying form. The workhorse running back, Frank. But I think we we could have one here in Bijan. I think we do have one here, and I'm I'm taking him at the 101. Great start to my draft. Sure so, is. Um, the way, if it wasn't clear, the way that we're actually going to do this is I'm going to take one pick, Joel's going to take another. We couldn't uh, muster up 12 friends. Um, we actually don't have 12 friends, sadly. Um, yeah. But it is going to just be back and forth, Frank and Joel. So just know that every second pick is going to be way better when uh, you're hearing my voice. Um, who do you want at the 102, Joel? Um, yeah. 
Um, at the 102, um, you sort of, it's not like a bad pick. People were shitting the 102, um, you know, sort of putting all these quarterbacks in their own sort of bucket um, of tier type of thing. But I'm going to take CJ Stroud, Frank, at the 102. Um, I am a firm believer he's going to be the 101 off of the board. Um, and look, I know not every single 101 in the draft, QB1, my first overall pick hits, but I think the Carolina Panthers are, you know, they're going to be a well-run team under Frank Reich. I think they've, you know, despite losing DJ Moore, they've sort of, in their own weird way, sort of copied the Jaguars sort of method of, you know, bringing in all these random wide receivers who aren't elite by any means, but they are workable weapons. They've um, recently acquired DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, um, you know, they have Terrace Marshall, Hayden Hurst at tight end. They've sort shout of got a Adam Thielen. Yeah, shout out Adam Three-year deal. Um, yeah, they've sort of just accumulated all these, you know, unwanted people that could be, you know, a decent enough spot for a player like CJ Stroud to go. I think they have a very good defense. They were building on that offensive line. It's improving. Um, and I think, you know, the coaching staff and the system that CJ Stroud will go into could be very good compared to a lot of other landing spots um, that the quarterbacks, um, the other quarterbacks could fall into, a la the Texans, uh, Raiders, Colts sort of all come to mind. But, yeah, I'll, I'll bet on the NFL getting it right, which is probably not smart, but I'll take my projected first overall pick, CJ Stroud, to be the quarterback one in this class, Frank. You yeah, are my back. main question was gonna my main question was gonna be that, you know, do you believe that CJ Stroud is gonna be the number one overall pick? And if he is, you've got to take him at the one you gotta take him as at the one oh two, the number one quarterback off the board. The only way I consider taking anyone else is if Anthony Richardson were to go at the one oh one. Like that's probably the only way. If you got that level of commitment from NFL scouts, um then that's probably the only player I would consider taking there at the 102. But I don't believe that's going to happen. So I think CJ Shroud um, at this stage of the process, definitely a great pick at the 102. I'm up 103. Someone who is pretty much, you know, the 102 for majority of the off season, the quarterback one for a majority of, you know, the last year at least. Um, quarterback Bryce Young. Um, I think the combine... Wasn't a bad event for him. I mean, he measured in not too bad. He is obviously small, but he's not, you know, 5'8", five, 5'7". Five, like, I don't know, people were getting very extreme as far as his height was concerned. Um, but, no, I think he's going to be good. Um, I think he's just a good NFL player. Believe it or not, you've got to be good at football to play the quarterback position, Joel. You can't just be big and strong and tall and, you know, handsome. I mean, maybe not handsome, but if we look at Carson Wentz, he's big and tall and strong and big arm and he sucks. Um so, yeah, I just don't think um, – I think I think that Bryce Young is going to be a really good NFL quarterback. Maybe he doesn't have the kind of ceiling that CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or even Will Levis has, but I think um, he's going to fit in somewhere, whether it's Houston, um, you know, whether it's the Panthers at the 101, you know, even the Raiders are thereabouts, the Colts. Um, I think that he's going to be um, a very good addition to any NFL team. Um, well, I don't know if he's a can't-miss prospect, but he's definitely far – less riskier than even CJ Stroud, in my opinion. So give me Bryce Young at the 103. Um, I do want to note as well, something I've been listening to, and I kind of I kind of buy into it a little bit, um, about if your team's positioned in a way where you have two stud quarterbacks already on your fantasy team, and you've got the choice between someone like Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, I'm more leaning towards I would take Bryce Young as a safer option, as opposed to Anthony Richardson as your quarterback three. So, for example, my team had, when I had the 102, for example, um, you know, CJ Stroud obviously brings, um, gets into the conversation. But Bryce Young's probably more interesting to me than Anthony Richardson as someone who had Kyler Murray, obviously, before the injury and Jalen Hurts. Because you want a more stable quarterback three. You don't want to just hit and miss. You don't want to completely miss on, you know, a top four dynasty pick um, in the first round. I think that's going to hurt your team far more than just having a steady, you know, QB1, like late QB1 for, you know, the next decade. I think that's probably more important to a team like that 
if you're playing in a one quarterback league or you're playing in a league where you have a lot of average quarterbacks, you know, your late quarterback ones, quarterback twos, um, I think Anthony Richardson probably suits that team a whole lot more. Would you agree with that, Joel? Um, look, first of all, if you're playing in a one quarterback league, grow up. Um, secondly, to, you know, more to your point, um, I kind of think, I don't know, I feel like it might be the opposite, Frank. Like, I feel like you already have two solid quarterbacks. Um, maybe the upside of Anthony Richardson could be, you know, worth it because if you do miss, then potentially, you know, you, you'll be fine anyway rather than like a team with no, not not, not strong at quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I, I, um, I can see both sides of the argument. Let's just say the traditional person who is picking at the 102 isn't going to have a strong team. Let's use Bill Lawrence in our league as an example. Um, I believe he has Matt Stafford, Jordan Love, and who else is Dylan got? Oh, and Daniel Jones at quarterback. Um, you know, what, 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 if you're Dylan Lawrence, Frank, what are you doing? You, you know, are you shooting for the moon or are you staying playing with a pretty straight bat? Oh, I think for his team, he's better off playing. I think his quarterback room isn't bad. Oh, no, because he doesn't have Justin Herbert anymore. Sorry, I'm. I'm blanking out here. No, he needs to shoot for the moon. So I don't think he, I think his quarterback room is average. I'm saying if you yeah, have a really so- strong quarterback room, like if you're rolling out Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, let's say, I think Bryce Young's a better pick than Anthony Richardson. But if you're rolling out Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, I think Anthony Richardson becomes a better pick. Yeah, but Frank, most people with the 102 don't have Patrick Mahomes. Otherwise, if they had Patrick Mahomes, they'd have the 112. No, well, you know, it happens. I had the 102 and I've got, I had Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. Like my quarterback room was pretty good, obviously prior to the injury, but it can happen. Like yeah, you've but got, not everyone Tre- plays you got Trevor Lawrence and, you got Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. I mean, they weren't, they didn't set the world on fire last year, but it was a pretty good quarterback room. Um, yeah, it's an interesting strategy. I mean, it, you know, power, power to everyone. Yeah, power to everyone. Um, me personally, I think, yeah, obviously all these picks are very team dependent. Like, you know, um, you know, know your league, Frank. Know that, you know, who likes who, who's good at what, what your strengths are, weaknesses, team needs, etc. Um, me at the 104, if he does fall there, I will take Anthony Richardson um, to, you know, move on to the next pick. I think he's rushing upside, um, you know, just... Even if he doesn't, he's probably not going to start straight away. Stick him on your taxi, stick him on your bench for a year. Let him just, you know, even if he's like Trey Lance, Frank, and doesn't play or does play and gets injured, like his value ain't going down unless he's him you know, out there. Unless he's unless he's Malik Willis and comes out and stinks. Yeah, he's going to be hold value. Everyone's going to be enamored with, you know, the rushing upside, the, um, you know, the high ceiling, the uh, Cam Newton comps, the, you know, the Josh Allen comps, you know, even heading into year two. I think everyone's going to be all about him. Most athletic quarterback ever, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, I think it's hard to pass on him in at a top four pick just with what he can do at the position rushing wise um, with the potential of, you know, becoming a, you know, semi-decent passer, which is really all it would have to be um, to become an elite fantasy option at quarterback. I don't necessarily think he'll be a great player per se, but he can be a great fantasy player. Um, And yeah, if you're going to give me him at the one Oh four, I think, you know, shoot your shot, Frank. Um, You know, if you're a high risk player, you know, high reward type of fantasy gamer. Uh, Anthony Richardson is probably the quarterback in this class for you. If you're more risk aversive or whatever the word is, um, you know, maybe CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are more traditional and more your type of option um, in the draft. But, you know, that's the kind of thing about this draft class. There's a bit of everything for everyone. You know, you've got your, you know, your more safer quarterbacks, you've got your high upside quarterbacks, you've got your workhorse running backs, you've got your pass catching running backs, you've got your bigger running backs that, you know, are going to be your 
first and second down grinders. You've got your big wide receivers. You've got your slot wide receivers. You know, there's a bit going on for everyone, Frank. You've got tight ends. You've got elite tight ends. You know, it is a very nice draft. I don't know if we like it's it remains to be seen whether the you know the NFL draft shows us, you know, the high end talent as far as like the running back and wide receiver or even the tight end position. But I think the quarterbacks are definitely gonna get significant draft value. Right, draft what's the word? Draft capital is the word I'm looking for. Um it is. So it'd, be, it'd be cool to see, but I think we're just gonna get a lot of a nice crop of guys um, that you can get in the first two rounds of your rookie draft that are gonna give you really good um, profiles as far as their collegiate careers go and their draft capital they're gonna get at the NFL level. Um, this next pick, one oh five, having a tough time here, Joel. Sort of where it gets interesting. This is sort of where you can go in a few different directions. Your standard 12-team superflex. I think, you know, if we presume that all these, you know, quarterbacks go in the top, you know, 15 picks of the draft, I think this will be the pretty standard sort of start in most leagues. And, yeah, 105 is sort of where it gets interesting. Yeah, I think top 15 picks is probably a really um, a good line. I think it's a good barometer, Joel. I like what you said there. Um, yeah. Obviously, some leagues, um, if you're in a full PPR, this decision gets a little bit easier. In a half PPR, it becomes a bit more interesting with Jameer Gibbs at running back, who we presume is going to go late first round, very early second round. I mean, he gets first round capital, this decision becomes excruciatingly painful. But I've been in on Jackson Smith and Jigba for a long time. Um, I think he's an impressive wide receiver. Um when you have the likes of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson saying that you he's better than them, um, that's all I need to know. Killed the three cone. He ran his pro day. I think he ran sub four five. Like he's running in the four fours. Like you knew he wasn't going to be blistering. He wasn't going to be sub four four or anything like that. But he's still quicker than people thought he was going to be. Um, obviously, pro days. Maybe maybe the guy's pressing the button a little bit quicker, but that that doesn't bother me too much. Um, I'm going to take Justin Jackson Smith in Jigba. Um, I think he's someone that you can add to your team. And, you know, you've got someone like – think about how important the guys like Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, you know, Armin Ra St. Brown. Think about how important those players are to dynasty team for the next five years plus at least. Um, I think he's going to be a cornerstone asset um, for your dynasty teams. Jameer Gibbs obviously may give you more production over the next first three years possibly, but – um, just the longevity of the wide receiver position um, and just how polished of a prospect I think he is. Um, JSN is where I'm going with 105. To be clear, though, uh, yeah, well, Jameer Gibbs at the 106 should be pretty happy. Yeah, and I will take way. him at the 106. Um, yeah, lock me into Jameer Gibbs. Thanks, Frank. Um, back to JSN. Like, he's already wide receiver 14 on, according to Keep Trade Cut. Um one of my favorite resources. I just love the game of it. Um, so you know, good, people love him. Yeah, he's already ranked above, you know, Stefan Diggs. He's actually ranked above Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup. Like, people love him, Frank. Um, people love their rookies. They love their rookie wide receivers. We presume he's going to get drafted in the first round. They have a, you know, real strong history of hitting. Um, yeah, I like JSN there. Um, back to my pick, Jameer Gibbs. As mentioned, um, Probably an early second round pick would be where I would go sort of in that Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker sort of range. And I think that is fine. I think the second round running back sort of like the new first round running back. Um, I think a team that drafts Jameer Gibbs is going to want to utilize his skill set in the passing game. Um, You know, he was, what, 199 pounds. He's not a big dude, but he ran extremely fast. Uh, I think it was a 4-3-6. you know, he looked really good at the combine, cemented himself as the running back two in this class, cemented himself into, you know, somewhere probably in the 40s would be where I would think he would go in the draft. I think the team that picks him will want to utilize his skill set. Um, and, yeah, with that, you know, pass catching upside, whether it's a full PPR or a half PPR league, um, you know, I think he just, you know, would walk into your running back slot seamlessly, um, you know, go back to keep trade cut already the running back eight. Um, you know, sliding ahead of Josh Jacobs, um, you know, running back six, Travis Etienne. Um, you know, he's already in that sort of high-end running back range. So, um, yeah, hard to pass on him at the 106. And I think if you can get him there, it's a, you know, really good mid-first-round pick to add to your roster. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Joel. At the 107, you kind of get your pick of the litter um, as far as, you know, if, you, if you're a running back guy, there's a few running backs here you could consider. If you're a wide receiver guy, you could start to have a look at those as well. I think it is a little bit early for Michael Mayer. I know he's not too far away and as far as sleeper ADP goes. There are a few names ahead of him. And then if, you know, someone like Will Levis gets, you know, really high draft capital, I mean, it becomes interesting. I'm not a Will Levis guy, um, but, you know, if you get taken inside the top 15, I think yeah, your, your hand's forced um, to take him at the 107 here, to be honest. just want to make that clear before, um, you know, something, you know, in the, the, before the NFL draft happens, I want to say if he gets, you know, early first-round draft capital, you've got to take him here. Um, but what I am going to do at the 107 is take... QJ, my wide receiver too um, of the rookie class. I think he's going to get significant draft capital. Um, I think he's going to be a good player. Like I said, um, you know, he's kind of got that DK Metcalf about him, um, but I don't think he's being disrespected in the draft like DK did. Um, just as big, doesn't play quite as physical as DK Metcalf, doesn't um, high point the ball as much, but obviously has the physical tools to do it. So I'm looking to see um, NFL teams be able to harness those um physical attributes of his that he can, um, you know, impact and at that side. Um, however, he does – he gets open far easier than DK Metcalf did coming out of college. Um, incredibly fast, um, always makes the first guy miss. Um, definitely someone that I think is going to be a, a great addition to an NFL team. Um, the team that takes him in the first round is obviously going to use him. That's why I think these first round, round wide receivers hit at such a high level because NFL teams – Sometimes they may appear stupid, but if they're taking a the wide receiver in the first round, they're going to use them. Um, it's as simple as that. So I'm going to pass them to you, Joel. 108, where are you going here? Yeah, this is an interesting pick. Um, I think I actually do like your Quentin Johnson pick. So I've thrown I'm, you off. Uh, I've made it difficult I now. I would have probably taken him, but you know, I'm going to bite the bullet on Will Levis. I'm not necessarily a big Will Levis guy, but I am a guy of quarterbacks to get drafted very highly, um, which, you know, obviously draft capital is going to impact this draft tremendously. But um, yeah, you know, I think he's probably one of the likely to go maybe to the Colts at the 104, the Raiders at the 107. Um, yeah, I think either of those outcomes are, you know, pretty likely whether or not another team comes up to get one of these quarterbacks. I'm not sure, but, um, you know, he was throwing bombs at his pro day this morning, Frank. Um, he is another high upside quarterback with, you know, a low floor. But I think that's why you get him with, you know, a more mid to late first round pick rather than a, you know, one of these, you know, top four picks. And we've seen in the past fantasy people get this wrong where, you know, the quarterback who, you know, maybe like a Justin Herbert or a Josh Allen who gets a bit disrespected, come, you know, rookie drafts goes a bit later and, you know, can easily become, you know, one of the better quarterbacks. And if you give me, a quarterback one who, you know, is going to be starting um, for a team sooner rather than later. Um, and I can get him with a mid to late first round pick with upside, with young, high draft capital. I think, you know, the risk is worth it here at, you know, the 108. And he might even go later in certain leagues too. But, you know, in your 12 team super flex league, you know, you got to get 24 quarterbacks. So I think Will Levis is, you know, he's going to be more help for a roster that, you know, really needs help at quarterback than, you know, just another wide receiver or a tight end or something. So, yeah, give me Will Levis at the 108, Frank. Yeah, I def- definitely agree with that, Joel. Um, I'm going to follow it up with someone who, you know, uh, you could argue that he could be the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. And then you can, these three guys, you can almost have them in any order. Um, Jordan Addison didn't obviously set the world on fire at the combine, but I I'm, I'm of the belief the combine really doesn't matter too much for wide receivers in, in my books. Um, more of a running back event, personally. Um, I'm going to take Jordan Addison here at the 109. I think that's a great pick. Um, you know, obviously, you want the production to be higher than what we've seen from someone like Jerry Judy, but it reminds me a lot of Jerry Judy. I mean, not the fastest guy going around, but he's definitely fast enough, and then he's also just very fluid, incredibly good route runner, so polished. Um, he's going to contribute at the NFL level immediately. There's not going to be some sort of learning curve for Jordan Anderson in my mind. I think he's um, really well polished. 
um, almost, you know, reminds me of someone. I mean, you'd be stoked if you can get anything close to the production you got out of Garrett Wilson, but very similar profile to Garrett Wilson as well. Um, someone who could just be, you know, a hit at the wide receiver position to someone that's just good at playing football. Um, so give me Jordan Addison. Yeah, one tank is one like difficult, Joel. Do you have anything to say about Jordan Addison? I know he was your wide receiver one when we last spoke about this. Yeah, he was a bit slower and smaller than I was expecting, but you know that is fine. He did get that second forty to you know four four nine, which you know is respectable. It's actually you know probably quicker than JSN, but I think we were expecting a little more. He's you know still fine. I like to pick um, him. Sort of a bit out of flavor at the minute, like sort of gone from sort of a lock in you know first round pick to maybe now an early second round pick, which is still fine. Like he gets that draft capital, goes to a good team. You know, I'm still in on Jordan Addison, but that 109 pick, if the draft plays out, it's sort of interesting. You sort of get your pick at wide receiver three or running back three, Frank, which is where I'm going at the 110. Um, I'll take Zach Charbonnet um, running back. Um, I think he's sort of established himself here as the clear running back three. I think he is, you know, workhorse size. Um, you know, when we go on about the, you know, the mix of running backs, I think he's sort of the one other than Bijan Robinson that does sort of have the ability to do it all. Um, he's not very, he's not, you know, he's not particularly elite at anything, but he's big. He is fast enough. He can catch the ball. Um I think if he gets, you know, day two draft capital, Frank, a team will want to utilize him and use him. Um, and I think he'll be capable. Um, yeah, Zach Charbonnet, I think it's a sort of a safer pick. Um, I think he has multiple ways of getting there. Um, sort of like a people, are, you know, you see him sort of comped to James Connor, um, where, you know, he's not particularly, you know, great at anything, but he, does it and he's you know he'll be find a way to score fantasy points and i think that's what you want for your team um yeah zachy sharps frank i know you hate him but i think if he gets day two capital um he will be a decent enough running back to add to any roster yeah but he's just so uninspiring joel you're spending a first round rookie pick and i want to be like fired up and i want to be excited about this pick um, well, who do you want to pick, Frank? I don't know. It just depends where Michael Mayer goes in the draft. I mean, if he goes mid-first round, well, then, you know, there's your answer. But it's just a very sticky spot in the draft, to be honest. I don't particularly um, like picking here that much. I'm, it's even worse because I'm picking it. I've got a, I've got a 112 um, pick that I got in a, a, um, a package um, in my single quarterback league. So imagine picking at the 112 in a single QB league when the four quarterbacks have um, already been taken. So it's even, it's even worse. Um, Are you really – so going to go off on a tangent. Are you really going to pick a tight end in a standard, you know, 12-team, non-PPR uh, – 12-team, non-tight end premium super flex? Are you really taking a tight end at the 111? Like what does hitting on the tight end like eight do for you? Presuming he is tight end eight, which, you know, tight ends – generally take a couple of years to establish themselves in the league like are you really like passing on a running back drafted in round two or three to take a tight end well no joel i didn't say i was going to said it would be interesting to see where michael mayer ends up in the draft um at in a single quarter well in a single quarterback league where we only start eight in like in that other league at the 112 i probably would take michael mayer at the 112 it's a bit of a different um league here so where I'd actually go in this draft, Joel, if you let me get there, um, I really, really like Sean Tucker. Um, he's so fast. Um, I don't know why he didn't run at the combine because like, I just would have just sent his draft stock to the moon. Um, but then ran like a 4-3 um, at his pro day. Um, I really, really Frankie like his player, but someone that needs day. to get second round draft capital. If he slides to the third or fourth round, it's going to be a pretty poor, it's going to look poorly as 111. But I just, I like him better than Devin A. Chain. I like him better than Zach Evans and I like him better than Tank, Speed, Tank Bigsby. The only wide receivers I would consider taking here instead um, is probably Zay Flowers or Josh Downs if they get 
first round draft capital in the NFL. Um, but at this stage, you don't know that. And, you know, running backs rule fantasy football. Um, I know it's kind of going out of fashion, but you got the good ones. They score more points. So give me Sean Tucker. Someone like, you know how the Seahawks took, took Kenneth Walker last year and everyone's worried about he doesn't catch passes. It doesn't matter when they're a good runner, they're fast, and they give them 30 carries a game. Like, it doesn't matter, Joel. They're going to score touchdowns. So I'm not worried about um, him not having that pass-catching role. That's fine. Um, I'm happy to take Sean Tucker at the 111 if he's someone that I really like. That's fair enough. I, I don't know about you. You know, you've fallen for his homemade pro day. Um, you know, he just did it by himself on, like, an iPhone and timed himself running a 4-3, like, Come on, Frank. You could time yourself around at a four three if you really wanted to with your editing skills. One twelve, Joe. Where are you going? Yeah, tough pick. One twelve. No, not really. Um, oh. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't take him. Honestly, I will take wide receiver Zay Flowers at the one twelve. I think out of all the remaining wide receivers, I think he's the most likely. To get the first round draft capital um, of the remaining wide receivers, um, and I think as we've mentioned constantly in this podcast, round one wide receivers just seem to find a way of hitting. Whether or not you're, you know, expected to be a first round wide receiver, whether you're like a, you know, a surprise first round pick, like um, last year, Frank, the Commanders dude, names escaping me, Jahan, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I got there. Um, you know, whether you're like a Jahan Dotson, who is a bit surprising as a first-round pick, you know, the, they get used, they score fantasy points, and they maintain, you know, high-value perception across leagues because they were given the draft capital by the team that drafted them. So, um, yeah, I'll take Zay Flowers. He's, you know, more of a slot guy. People compare him to Antonio Brown, like spare me. Um, AB's like a top-five wide receiver ever. Um, yeah, so top you know, five might even be conservative, to be honest. Yeah, spare me with that comparison, but um, yeah, I think he'll be he can be a solid player that gets drafted in the first round, and um, yeah, I'm happy to take him at the one twelve over like you know some of these running backs who we're not sure about what we're going to get from them draft capital wise or whether they're going to get opportunities. I think Zay Flowers will, um, and you know whether he's good enough good enough to take it. That's you know another question, but. You know, he ran fast enough. He looks, you know, looks good in film. I will take Zay Flowers, 112. Yeah, I do like the pick. Um, I think I've made it clear how much I like Zay Flowers. Um, again, in that same league, Zay Flowers, 112. If I can get him there, I'm stoked. But I don't know if he's uh, going to last that long, to be honest. Um, there must be something about having a one in front of the number and, yeah, having a two in front of it. That's made me just go, I've... Got to take Michael Mayer at the 2-1 here. As soon as it's got a two in front of it, it's a second-round pick. I think if it's all it's costing you, like think about what it's costing you to get a serviceable tight end, especially if you're in a 12-team. Um, it's going to cost you at least a second-round pick, and that's for someone that will have nowhere near the amount of upside that Michael Mayer has. Um, I, I'm just trying to think, like, how much would it cost to get TJ Hawkinson off of you, Joel? Like, it would, it's more than a first-round pick, you would have thought. Do you want to offer me a first-round pick for TJ Hawkinson? I'd consider it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't need him, but, like, probably not suitable for my team, but I would have thought I probably would – you'd probably want, you know, a late first – in our league's a bit different. We're only an eight-person league. Let's say it's a late – like, let's say it's like the 111, 112. You probably need to pay more than that to get, say, Flowers, in my opinion. Uh, Not not just Flowers, to get TJ Hawkinson. I'm just not a big tight end guy, Frank. Like, unless you're, like – Unless you're in a, one of those tight end premium or two tight end leagues, I'm just out on tight ends. Like they're just so mid. Unless you get Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, like you know, people were enamored with Cole Pitts. Like you know, three first for Cole Pitts. Like imagine all the offers Barbara would have got for Cole Pitts, and now he's sitting there with Cole Pitts on his team, and he's just like, gee, I could have had this for Cole Pitts, and now he's just stuck with Cole Pitts, and that was Cole Pitts. Yeah, no, I we're totally agree with you. Mayor. But you're not getting you're not getting the kind of um you're not having to pay the the one oh three or the one oh two like you did in a rookie draft for Kyle Pitts. I'm getting with the two oh one here. Like I've currently got an inbox trade in my other league, Joel. Chigo here we go. Conquo. 
2024 second round pick. I'm about to take it. I'd Are rather you kidding? that pick you... and package it and get a real tight end. So if you have to take Michael Mayer in the second round pick, I know, Joel, I'm onto it. Don't worry. Well, the fact that I can get Michael Mayer do for a second now. round pick. Jesus Christ. What was that, Joel? Pause the pod and accept that shit now. What are you doing? <laughs> You're exactly right. Uh, and, yeah, so I think Michael Mayer, 201. I'm going to do it, Joel. Chat shit all you want. That's fine. You you, you do that. Um, yeah, it leaves me at an interesting spot. You've got a lot of stuff going on here. Um, this is sort of the range where real draft capital and, you know, landing spots are going to play a big role. Um, give me another wide receiver. Give me Jalen Hyatt, Frank. Ooh, um, loves the speed. Yeah, I do love speed. It kills. Um, look, he was he ran a four four, which is fast. People were expecting faster, but it was still fast. He also was very good at the you know explosive jump drills. He jumped fast. He jumped <laughs> jumped fast. He jumped high and he jumped long. He showed he was explosive. Um, and I think he is one of these guys that, you know, if drafted in like a late first round, will go to a really good situation. And if, you know, he becomes like a second round pick, I still, I don't know. I feel like the team that drafts Jalen Hyatt is going to be able to use Jalen Hyatt in effective ways. Like if I'm going to use the 2-2 on Jalen Hyatt, he's, you know, likely landed in a good situation where he can utilize his, you know, speed and, you know, catch long bomb touchdowns for you, Frank. And I don't know, I feel like wide receiver is just such a safer pick nowadays. And to get him at the, what are we, one, two, three, four, where, you know, wide receiver five, Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him. I will... You know, obviously it's landing spot dependent. Like, you know, he if he goes to like the charges or whatever, someone that needs speed at wide receiver, the Chiefs um, could use a wide receiver. Like, you know, there's so many potential landing spots for these wide receivers. And Jalen Hyde is one where if he goes to one of these good spots, 2-2, yeah, I'll take him there all day, Frank. Yeah, I think my next pick is probably someone in a very similar situation. If they go in the first round, um, definitely going to have to take them here at the 2-3. You're probably pretty happy with it, but not someone I'm sort of bought in totally as a prospect. Um, and that's Josh Downs. Um, incredibly productive um, season at North Carolina, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it is North Carolina. God, I'm good. Um, yeah, again, Bit undersized. Someone that reminds me a bit of it. That's my issue. Is he reminds me of a less athletic Rondell Moore, and Rondell Moore hasn't been able to produce for me and my fantasy team, and he's now off my team. So then come back and think about taking someone for two, three, like Josh Downs. Just the process isn't there, Joel. But I think if he gets, you know, first round draft capital, you have to take him ahead of. Um, this crop of running backs, which I do like, once you start to get into that, you know, early to mid second round, there's a nice crop of, I'm looking at four running backs here, Joel, possibly even five um, that are really nice, but you probably have to take Josh Downs before them, um, even if he's a very early second round pick. Yeah, I feel like we've both done the same thing here. We've taken um, taken most of the remaining wide receivers, which uh, looked really usable for fantasy with, you know, potentially high draft capital. Um, and now you get into this, you know, deep running back class. Um, and I'm happy to kickstart probably maybe a little bit of a run we might have going on here, Frank, but I'll start it off with Devon A-Chain. I was about to um, ask, do you have a preference out of these guys? And it sounds like you do the way you've uh, said his name. Yeah, I'll take Devon A-Chain. Um, he is really, really fast, Frank. Um, he, is he? Haven't heard. Yeah. That's well, a joke. It's everywhere. It's all over Twitter. Yeah. It's all over yeah. the news. Um, I'm, you know, he could have actually ran quicker in the combine. You know, I was hearing people go, you know, he'll run a 4-2 something. So, you know, it's a bit of a stretch. 4-3-2 is fine. Fastest in the class. Um, he is undersized. He's 5'8". 188 pounds but you know it doesn't he plays he runs sort of bigger than that frank i know it sounds stupid but like he is actually really good in between the tackles runner 
Um, he's probably more of a natural in between the tackles runner, more so than like a Jameer Gibbs type, um, even though he is significantly smaller. Um, he can catch passes. Um, he produced in the SEC, I have mentioned here in the past. Um, I think he's a good running back, and I'm not going to just knock him because he's small. I think if a team, again, you know, if a team drafts him in this day two, second round, third round, I think they're going to have some sort of plan to use him. Um, and, you know, with four three two speed and being an actual good football player, um, I think he can score fantasy points in a variety of different ways. So, yeah, give me Devon A-Chain. I do like the picture. I think getting the, you know, the fastest rookie running back in the class at the 2-4, a nice pick. I think you're always going to be pretty happy with that. Um, my next pick is going to be Zach Evans. Um, obviously, has he was out of the combine due to a hamstring injury, um, but he's going to have his pro day um, soon, or has it already happened? I'm not 100% sure. Um, I probably have to do a little bit more research on Zach Evans. But he's a very well-rounded prospect. So he's someone that he's honestly part of the reason why I'm not bought into Zach Charbonnet. I think you can get someone like Zach Evans, who's ever so slightly a less polished college profile, um, at, you know, as 110 to 205, um, doesn't sound like much. It's only, what, how many picks? One, two, three, four, five, you know, six picks different. But in a dynasty rookie, uh, in a dynasty rookie draft, that's an incredible amount of, uh, leverage you can take. You can swap those picks back and upgrade another position. There's so many different things you can do and get a very similar player in Zach Evans, who I think, um, I think he's going to be nice. I think he's just going to be nice. I think, uh, some some people try to you know shoot for the moon um, at the running back position, but if you can get some starts out of Zach Evans in his rookie year, in his second year, you can land in a nice like you know get in a nice position, carve out a role. Um, I think he's going to be a contributor, and I think he's going to set the world on fire. Um, but the two hundred five uh, definitely worth the pick for me, to be honest. I don't know if you agree with that. If you're a bit more, you like to shoot for the moon, Joel, um, these spots. But I think Zach Evans can be a nice piece for teams. You know, all these running backs coming up, uh, I like the word contributors, Frank. They can contribute in different ways. And I might, or I'm going to take another contributor, Frank. Before Um, you go, I don't, like you said, they're going to be contributors. They're not going to Isaiah Spiller you. Yeah, well, we're hopefully not. Like, you know, we can, you know, if Zach Evans or Devon Achan goes in the fifth round or sixth round, Red flag, like, you know, they may Isaiah Spiller us and obviously pick someone, pick one of these, you know, smaller named running backs who um, gets higher draft capital and a chance to be utilized. Like, I feel like if you're a running back and you are taken, you know, in the round three of the draft, you have to be pretty bad to not at least get some sort of opportunity. And if you get an opportunity, like, you know, you go from there. Like, Zamir White, Frank, never got an opportunity. He probably will never get an opportunity, and he sucks. Um, TDP, another one of those guys who, you know, didn't get an opportunity probably because he sucks. But then you look at, like, Matt Barber's boy, Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, all these running backs that, you know. They went slightly higher. Yeah, you know, you hear what I'm saying? Like, you know, we just want an opportunity for these running backs to see the field. And then if they're, you know, semi-good, which I think they all are semi-good or, you know, then we we go from there, Frank. And one of those running backs who I think can get opportunity, be semi-good, is Kendra Miller. Um, yeah, I wanted him at the next pick. Yeah, that he's that we're we're all in the web, you know, we're in the same range here. I think this is sort of how you want to play your rookie drafts and the range that likely all these players are going to go. Um, yeah, Kendra Miller, he's sort of like for me, Zach Charbonnet light. Like, you know, he's big, he's can do it all, Frank. You know, he was one of the big reasons that TCU Horn Frogs were in the national championship game, he, you know, he's a good running back, Frank. Um, I don't have anything bad to say about Kendra Miller. He's another one of these guys that can be a contributor to your fantasy team. He didn't participate in the combine. 
he, I believe, sprained a knee or an MCL or something. So he's, he's not healthy coming into the draft process, which doesn't help. Um, but I think if a team, you know, the teams understand he's not at 100%. And if he still gets, you know, drafted in that day two range, um, despite that, I think he's going to get healthy and the team will give him a shot. And honestly, at a running back, at like the 2-6. That's all I really want is you to get a shot. And I feel like if he gets drafted, he will have the chance to get a shot. I think he can take it. And we go from there, Frank. He can be a contributor to my fantasy team. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the ball rolling here. Um, in my mind, there's probably another two running backs in this tier. Um, one that I like a little bit more. Um, again, more recently they had the senior bowl a couple months ago. Um, he showed out. Um, and he's I, I like when players do well at the senior bowl. I mean, people kind of hate on the event sometimes, but just time and time again, players that perform well at the senior bowl, um, the it kind of translates to the NFL. They're competing against NFL quality prospects. And if they can shine against that level of competition, um, it is as closely comparable to the NFL level as they have had previous experience. You know, when you're playing college, there's, there's walk-ons, there's, you know, different, I mean, it depends on the school, but there's there's walk-ons, there's going to be other players that aren't at that same level. There's not, not everyone's a five-star recruit, everyone's a four-star recruit. But once you get to the, the pro days, um, and their senior bowls and the NFL combines. If you can stand out in that crowd, um, it definitely bodes well um, for your draft stocks. For someone who could, you know, sneak up into that third round is Tajay Spears. Um, I think he's going to be a nice contributor. We're using that word a lot, but I think that's the strength of uh, this class at the running back position. Yeah, agree completely. Um, I probably would have taken him next. Um, I sort of had a tier two, though. Um, Ty J Spears was a big winner out of, as you mentioned, the um, Senior Bowl. A winner of the Combine, who is who I'm going to take at the next pick, it was Chase Brown. Um, I think he ran faster than people thought he would, jumped longer, jumped higher, um, was bigger. I think he was just he, he was just better than what everyone was expecting at the Combine. I think that's, you know, that's big for his potential, you know, landing spot, draft capital, um, and what he could be for a team at the NFL level. Um, yeah, another one of these good running backs that, you know, he he's not bad at anything. He's He'll be fine, Frank. Chase Brown, 208. We're getting back to the second round, and I think I'm getting a running back who, you know, if given the opportunity, can be successful. So, yeah, Chase Brown, Frank. Yeah, I think people overestimate what they should expect from second and third round picks. And not to say that they're not valuable, because I think they are. I think, you know, some leagues don't value second and third round picks. I mean, pick them up, pick them up on the cheap, because you're going to get starts out of these players. If you get two starts from Chase Brown or three starts from Zach Evans, and that's huge for your fantasy team when you're trying to win a championship. You know, there's so year after year, there's guys like Jarek McKinnon, um, paid him for life. Um, He'll knock you out of the fantasy playoffs. So these running backs, they matter, um, and they, they all they need is an opportunity. All it takes is an injury or, you know, just even something for them to, you know, pull ahead. You know, the, the player in front of them gets injured, player in front of them gets in trouble with the law. It happens. Um, and these players um, end up, you know, giving you a very significant value um, for their spot starts. I think right about now, someone who I'm not into that much is Tank Bigsby. So I'm probably just going to bite the bullet here, Joel. I think you know what I'm getting at. And I'm going to take oh, Kayshawn Boutte. Oh, okay. You get into yeah. the back of the second round. Um, he's someone that, you know, could go, I don't know if he falls outside the first four rounds of the draft, purely based on that, that year of his where he just went completely off, um, was, you know, relatively poor this season, didn't test well at the combine. But I think he's got enough talent where he's going to be given a, a real opportunity. Um, I just, yeah, there's something about him. I think if he can produce like that at the college level, it doesn't just go away. So it'll be interesting to see if he lands in, you know, somewhere where he can be nurtured and developed. Um, I think that he could be a contributor maybe. Definitely, I don't think he's going to be contributing his first year, but second, third year, 
uh, someone that can come on a little bit slowly. Um, the wide receivers, generally, you're looking for first-year production is is usually the best indicator of whether a player is good or not. You know, if they come into the NFL and they perform right away, he's someone I'm not looking for performance right away. I think you've got to you know, manage your expectations there um, with a player like Keishon Boutte. Yeah, look, um, many people, Frank, had Keishon Boutte as the best wide receiver in this – or one of the best wide receivers in this class this time a year ago. And, you know, things just didn't fall right for him. Um, he can be good, Frank. He can't jump very high. You might have a 29-inch vertical. Me, personally, I don't really have hops. But, you know, you could have a 29-inch vertical, Frank. You could be more explosive than Keishon Boutte. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Um I don't hate the pick. It's, you know, he's just out of flavor at the minute, Frank. Everyone hates him. Um, exactly. Another player. He's got that dog in him, but doesn't he, Joel? He does. He, you know, has sex parties and stuff. So shout out, Kayshawn. Um, a player who I'll take sort of similar to Kayshawn, you say, was viewed as a really big player to make this 2023 draft class great. Um, and he's sort of gone a little bit backwards. The tank, Bigsby, I'll take him, Frank. Um, you just like the name. That. Don't lie. I do like the name. The name definitely helps. Um, you know, people, um, we're going back a little bit, but we're comparing him to potentially the running back one in Bijan Robertson. Like it was Bijan and Tank. They were the two big names. Um, he's sort of, you know, gone he hasn't lived up to the hype, um, but I think he does have the tools to be good at the NFL level. Don't think he's going to get any pass catching work, but that's fine. You were saying before, I think, you know, about all these running backs who, you know, if they can run and score touchdowns and they're good, efficient running runners on the ground, they can score fancy points. And I think if tank gets an opportunity, I think he can take it. Um, and he can maybe live up to some sort of the hype of what we were seeing, you know, one year, two years ago. Um, yeah, I'll bite the bullet on Tank at the 210. I think he's definitely needs to be, you know, dropped down a little bit. Like I would take that five-pack of running backs who we took between the 2-4 and the 2-8 over Tank. Um, but, yeah, no, here at the 210, I think he can be a contributor, Frank. Give me the tank. The tank. Um, that's not, not not a bad pick. Don't hate it, Joel. I'm actually going to go back to the wide receiver position here, and I'm going to say Cedric Tillman, the big man himself. Um, I think he's not. I don't think he's going to fall outside of the second round. I think he's produced enough at the college level. Nice big body, like you know, go up high, point the ball. Um, I think he's going to be able to get onto an NFL team that's going to use him. Um, you know, could have the Terrence Marshalls about him, but even, you know, Terrence Marshall at the end of last year looked like he had some talent. Um, Cedric Kilman reminds me a little bit of Colton Sutton coming out. Um, so I think if you can get him, you know, at the end of the second round, early third round of the Superflex drafts, I mean, the pick itself is almost worth not that much. So having a shot to, you know, get someone that could be inevitably be a wide receiver two or wide receiver three in Dynasty, I think is a nice addition to most teams. Joel, 212, where are you going? You're finishing us off here. Yeah, we're going to stop after the second round, which I feel like is a good cutoff point because we sort of just get into this sort of, after this pick, we sort of just get into a tier of players where it's all going to really depend on draft capital and whether or not they're able to get an opportunity. Um, the last pick, Frank, I don't know if it's going to be popular or unpopular. Could be unpopular. I'm going to take Hendon Hooker, the last quarterback. Um well, you know, the last, you know, quarterback people view is worthy of like a draft pick this high, I guess. That's an awful way to put it, but I've put it that way. Um, he's injured. He did his ACL halfway through his last season at college. Um, he's not going to be healthy to start, but I think he's sort of a sneaky riser for whatever reason is like the quarterback five. Like people view him as like maybe a, second round, third round pick. And I feel like if a team uses that, uses him as that second or third round pick, he could in 12 months time be like what we view um, Frank, the 
Falcons quarterback? Desmond Ritter. Far out. That's so obvious. That's so bad. You can edit that out if you want. I feel like he could come on late in the season, maybe pinch a start, and then coming into year two, he could be viewed as like the quarterback one on a team. And if you can get someone who starts the, what would that be, the 2024 season as a team's quarterback one at 212, I think it's fine. Like it's not significant capital. It's the 24th rookie. Um, you can stick him on your taxi. Like he won't score you points. He won't help. He will, you know, he will help your 2024 pick improve. Um, he gets points off your roster. He's going to not lose any value. Whereas like if a Tank Bigsby sucks or a Cajon Boutte sucks, like they're dropping in value. Hendon Hook is going to hold value all the way through to 2024. And he's just going to sit there on your taxi squad. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to help you necessarily, but you know, he can accrue value. Um, and if he gets an opportunity in 2024 or late in the 2023 season, you have an opportunity to flip him for something else, um, sell him higher than this, hold on to him, see how he goes if you're a real handed hooker believer. But I don't hate the process of picking him, sticking him on your taxi squad. It's sort of a low-risk, high-reward kind of pick. Um, and at the 212, it's a different way of playing it, but I don't hate it, Frank. What, like, yeah. yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I think Hendon Hooker was, before the injury, he was going to be a first-round pick. Um, yeah. And so much so that I, from all reports, he's going to be taken inside the first three rounds still. Um, again, we've had there's been plenty of quarterbacks that have come out and, you know, been good and that have been taken in the second or third round. You know, let's, let's shout out Jalen Hurd while we're there, but he's obviously not that kind of prospect or that kind of level of player. But he can definitely be someone that gets an opportunity late in the season, especially if he's taken in a, you know, there's always a quarterback needy teams. Um, you know, what if he goes somewhere like Tampa Bay? Goes to Tampa Bay in the second or third round. You know, they've got a you know, late third round pick or something like that. Baker Mayfield sucks. they got Hendon Hooker. He's five games at the end of the year. Go ham. Here's Mike Evans. Here's Chris Godwin. Have a, have a crack. And then, you know, if he hits and if he plays the way he did at Tennessee, I mean, all of a sudden you've got a really interesting quarterback. Yeah, you, you're almost like you want him to play because you want to see, but you don't even mind if he doesn't see the field. Like, because yeah. then, like, he's still got the whole unknown value factoring in, like, sort of a trade. Lance, like you don't know if he's good or if he sucks. Trey Lance obviously got drafted for 103, so it's different kind of levels here. But um, yeah, just that whole unknown factor of is he good, is he not good? Peeps, you know, you, you're going to get someone in your league who may want to take a shot and rather than just like throwing the 212 on a running back who might suck or a wide receiver who might not even play. I don't hate the hand and hooker pick of, you know, something mix it up a bit, Frank, you know? At Stick some stage, he has to play. play. Like, he will yeah. see the field at some point in his career. And if you want to get out before you see him play, go for your life. If you want to see him and see if he's good, you know, go for it. He might hit, he might not. You've got, you know, you're always going to at least see, which I feel like, you know, as mentioned before, some of the, you know, second round, late second round running backs from last year, you've taken it. <laughs> you know, your TDPs, your Zamir Whites, and, and you've just lit the pick on fire. Like, you couldn't get them. You couldn't get a third or fourth round pick for them now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So um, I think that's a good way to wrap up the mock draft, Joel. Think about We've killed that. I mean, this is, this is how exactly how drafts are going to be going, you know, a month and a half from now. For sure. Nothing is going to change. This is concrete. Um, this is how it is. We're right about everything. No, I think uh, draft accordingly. Yeah, draft accordingly. Just write these names down in this order, and you're going to nail your rookie draft. No, I think we do need to be flexible going into the NFL draft. Everything can change. Landscape changes in the NFL very quickly. Um, but this is just how we're seeing it right now. Um, again, I think this is a good way to wrap up. If you don't have anything else to add, Joel, um, I might uh, take us out. Yeah, no, it's good to get 
be sort of into your system where you sort of have a rough idea of where everyone's going so you know who's rising, who's falling. Um, I feel like it's a good exercise to um, to participate in, Frank. You know, at least you've you know you know what's you know what's happening in the in the space. You know who's rising, who's falling, where people are. You know, projected to be going. It helps you out, Frank. So yeah, I hope it helps people who listened out get a rough idea of what's you know what's happening at the present time and what will be happening as we heat up in you know six or so weeks' time until the draft. Yeah, I think it's because uh, Charlene and Andy don't have any picks. They weren't very interested. Maybe it's possible. Um, before we do head out, I actually I remembered now. I did think of this before. I wanted to quickly go through this with you, Joel. So I mentioned the pick, the twenty twenty four second um, for Cheek. Probably going to do that, but I'm just waiting on trying to get a deal done with another manager. So I just want to make you. I want to see what you think about this. Um, I've got Traylon Burks. And the two ten, and the two ten in a twelve team single quarterback league. So again, not a super valuable pick for Darren Waller and Chris Godwin. I think you have to take. I think you have to trade Chig for the twenty four second, pick up Waller and Godwin, don't you? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because then I would get. You get that 24 second back, you lose Chig, you lose Traylon Burks, which sucks. But then you'll get back Chris Godwin, who second year coming back from the ACL, he's still not that old. He obviously might have a little bit of a down year with Baker, but, you know, you get a slight uptick at tight end. You get a good wide receiver in Chris Godwin over a sort of an unknown in Traylon Burks, and you sort of just swap second-round picks, don't you? Yeah, like you exactly that right. In. That's what I'm thinking. I'll, I'll, I'll put in a bit more context. I'm, it's Again, it's a what, start, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, start eight. So it's shallow league as well. So I'm rolling out Justin Fields. I've currently got Damian Pierce at running back um, and Devin Singletary at running back. Everyone else is pretty irrelevant. Dionis Johnson, Jeff Wilson, that's my running back room. Your running back room sucks. Yes, I know. Okay, Joel, I'm aware. I've got Jamar okay. Chase, Traylon Burks, Marquise Brown, Kadarius Tony, uh, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore at wide receiver. And then obviously I've got Cheek at tight end. That's pretty much any one of relevance at tight end. Um, but I've got picks. the 103, 112, 29, 210, 309, 311, 310, 303. So those thirds pretty irrelevant to be honest there's gonna be dark throws yeah i think if you can sort of load up or you know you can get a running back at the 103 whether that's um it's probably looking like it'll be gibbs i would have thought or you know for your team anyway gibbs um you know that running back room drastically improves i think chris godwin helps your team frank waller turns you know you into a bit more of a win now tight end, which is good for, you know, a team with Justin Fields at quarterback. He's high upside. You have Jamar Chase. Add Chris Godwin in there, Frank. You can win some games. That's what I'm thinking. Well, I, ju- I pretty much just missed the playoffs last year, which was disappointing. But, again, I'm not. it was a team that was not ready to make the playoffs. Probably overperformed quite a bit. You know, I've got a first in 2024, and then I've got one, two, three, four seconds, and then I've got two firsts in 2025 as well. So I've got draft capital to go and make a splash for a running back. So that's what I'm thinking as well. So if I can get Damian Pierce and then go trade some future assets for, you know, a Travis Etienne or a Jonathan Taylor or someone like that, I think they probably fit into my team quite a bit as well. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, Interesting I'm going sort of build-up I've got going. I'm going now, trade and cheek for that second, get another 2024 20, second. You know, you've sort of loading up on picks in that class. Not, you know, they're not, they're not first, but they're picks. They're, you know, second round picks are good with what we were saying before. Um, yeah, and if you need to go get a running back, you can spend a second round pick, get a, you know, high upside, well, not maybe not necessarily a high upside running back, but, a, you know, someone who's going to be productive on your team, someone that's going to contribute, word of the day. That is um, word of the day. That's going on the Twitter, yeah. word of the day, contribute. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm doing them, Frank. I don't, I don't I like them. 
yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting to nail down that Darren Waller deal. So uh, when that does, I'll uh, I'll let you know. Yeah, and we can you know post it on the um on the Twitters, get a poll out for Andrew to pop up, and he we'll see how what, on Twitter, what the people he? think. Loves him, yeah. So you know, it's another one for him to put out. Frank, he's been asking how the pod's going. Doesn't know since he's not here, but you know, we don't we don't care about him. We've done a good job today. Plug the yeah. socials on the way out, Frank. I will plug the socials on the way out. So make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts and on the Twitters at the FB Addicts. Always good content going on on both those platforms. Get around it, team. Um, thank you for that, Joel. It's been good. It's been real. Yeah, as the kids are saying. It has. Yeah, it's been lit. That's also what the kids say. <laughs> Don't so, say um, that ever again, please. <laughs> um, yeah, enjoy your weekend, Frank. Um, have a good one. Good luck with all your endeavours. So, And good luck to the listeners on their endeavours. Um, I hope this helped them with their upcoming rookie drafts. Yeah, have a prosperous week. Gee, we're great people.